Hear now this reading from Holy Scripture. The words come to us from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. Listen now for a word from our Lord. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by the Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you, a stranger, and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You are accursed. Depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you did not give me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, truly I tell you, just as you did not do to, the, to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these, will go, and these will go away into the eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Did you know that this is the end of the year? You just thought it was uh, December 31st. But this is the end of the year. And next Sunday we start Advent, which is the beginning of the year. Now, of course, I'm talking about the Christian year, which is different than our calendar year that the whole world uses. But it's important. This is Christ the King Sunday. This is an important Sunday because it marks the end of the Christian year. Now, some of you are familiar with the Christian year and the lectionary and all that, but if you're not, I'm going to give you a five-minute or less seminary lesson on what this is all about because it's important. We are usually familiar with Advent, Christmas, Lent, Easter, and some of the holy days during the year. But there are more holy days interspersed between those. There's Epiphany, Baptism of Jesus, Ash Wednesday, Palm Sunday, some of us know those, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Pentecost, the day the church was born when the Holy Spirit was poured out upon the earth, Trinity Sunday when we, we celebrate the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and then the rest of the summer and into fall, they're called ordinary days. And not because the scriptures aren't important, but we are following the life of Jesus through his teachings, his miracles, his parables, etc. So hopefully you've just gotten the idea that all of this 
is grounded in the life of Jesus. So the beginning of the Christian year starts with Advent in preparation for the birth of Jesus, the manger. So we go through the whole Christian year and it is grounded and founded in the life of Jesus. And it's important. And all that study and all that knowledge and, and celebrating Christmas in the manger and, and celebrating Easter and the resurrection and going through all the ordinary days leads us to this wonderful moment of Christ the King. Christ is the King. And so I believe this is so important today. And I love that here in America it falls right at Thanksgiving. That's the time when we, we eat too much and we're thankful. And we have lots of family come over and we're thankful and we remember all our blessings and all the things we do have to be grateful for. So for me, Christ the Sunday being celebrated at that same time of year is perfect because all of the Christian year, all of our faith leads to a celebration and thanksgiving that Christ is our King. So... Every Sunday, you, wonder, you may wonder, how do we know what's going on and what's happening? Well, over time, over a long time, the church developed what's called the lectionary. And what that is are scriptures, readings from scripture on each Sunday of the entire Christian year. So, starting Advent, we have different scriptures. And they're pertinent to what's going on on that Sunday. But scripture is so big, we couldn't do it in just one year. So the church came up with a rotation of three years. And if you follow the lectionary for three years, you'll have read quite a large amount of scripture. And every Sunday, the lectionary is, is, has four readings. So we have a gospel reading. We have a New Testament reading for the epistles and others. We have an Old Testament reading, and we have a section dedicated to the Psalms, so we have a Psalms reading. And if you read all four of those every week for three years, you'll rotate through the years, and you will read so much of the Bible. It's really amazing. And the years are not called year one, two, three. It's called year A, B, C. And we are ending year C today, and next week we begin the new year of the Christian year in year A. It's a remarkable system and so helpful. Now, there are devotionals you can buy that follow the lectionary and you read all these scriptures throughout the year and they will rotate through year A, B, and C. And there's lots of other wonderful devotionals. So I'm not saying that's the only way, but I mean, there's just one I'd love for you to consider incorporating into your devotional time. So now you know all about the lectionary and the, and the Christian year. That was your five-minute seminary class. But it's important that we have that foundation because sometimes in the church these days, we kind of bypass Christ the King. Or we may see it and know that it's the reign of Christ. We may kind of know, but, but if we haven't connected it to the overall readings throughout the Christian year for a cycle of three years, we might kind of miss out on the importance of this day. It is enormously important. The, this passage that we have today is usually preached in one of two ways. We usually uh, focus on all the things Jesus told us to do, which is enormously important also, because that's what our Lord Jesus tells us to do, to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit those who are, are in prison, and on and on. So we are called to do those, and we like those sermons 
Because we do. We're, we're people of God. We want to do these things. The other focus sometimes is on Jesus separating the sheep and goats, and nobody likes that one. Makes us uncomfortable. We don't want to kind of think about that. Because we have this sense of, am I a sheep or a goat? But I'm focusing on Christ the King. Because sometimes what we don't look at close enough is that this passage actually starts with a verse that says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, He will sit on the throne of His glory and all the nations will be gathered before Him. It points directly to the reign of Christ. It points directly that Christ is the King. All that we know about the Christian year, all the times we come through Christmas and we know about baby Jesus and growing up and having ministry and suffering for our salvation and reconciliation on the cross to his ascension into heaven, all these things lead to our understanding of who Christ, Jesus Christ, really is. Because we can connect to Jesus on a very human level because he came. He stepped out of his throne on heaven to live a human life to die for us. That's amazing. And it says all the nations will gather before him. So then if we go in the passage a little farther, it says then the king will say to those at his right hand, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Christ has always been the king. Before the foundation of the world was laid, before God created us, the Holy Trinity knew that God the Son would come and live a human life and die on a cross and rise from the dead for our salvation and reconciliation. To me, that's the most amazing proof of God's love. God loves us that much. So I want to talk about Christ the King Sunday because I want to talk about Christ the King. I love the lectionary. I love reading them. I love focusing on the life and times of Jesus in this life and as the Messiah, the anointed one, Savior, Christ the King. Now, I am what they call a second career pastor. I had another career in the beginning. And uh, over the years, I married, my husband and I raised a family. We did all those things that we, you normally do. But there came a point in my life more than, wow, more than 20 years ago now, <laughs> time flies, that I had this sense for several years that God was, had something for me to do. It was just this sense, and I kept praying, Lord, what do I do? And I would pray, Lord, what do I do? And those prayers over the couple of years at first changed from, Lord, what do I do, to, Lord, tell me. Why don't you tell me what I'm supposed to do? It started to bother me. Why won't you tell me? And then the prayers changed to, okay, if you just tell me what to do, I'll figure it out and do it. And then I went to a spiritual retreat. And on the Saturday night of that retreat, we were in a very quiet country church, you know the kind that Methodists built everywhere, there wood that you, you, you just got a mental picture and it's right. And they're usually painted white and I was sitting in that little church and it was, it was quiet and it was meant to be a reflective service to listen for the voice of the Lord. And so this, my frustration had built over the years and this was my prayer that night, 
I give up. I surrender. Whatever you ask me to do, I'll do it. And then a voice within my soul, so loud that I couldn't deny it, said, Now, now, Patty, come and be a minister for me. I had to get to the point of surrender before I could hear what God had for me. Now, I reluctantly tell that story because I don't want any of you sitting there fearful to go, well, I'm not going to do that prayer. I don't want to be a pastor. <laughs> Except your experience will be the same. I mean, could be different in what God calls you to do, but not how God calls you to do it. We must surrender to the authority of Christ our King. Once Christ becomes the king of our life, then we can hear God's voice, his guidance, his leading, and if he tells us to feed the hungry or clothe the naked or be a pastor or whatever, whatever God calls you to do, you will be able to hear it, and then God will provide direction and help and guidance and love and kindness and take away fear and frustration. It's just important. My prayers changed in that moment. And I now pray in a surrendered mode to the authority of Jesus Christ, King of my life. That moment changed me in my prayers. And now you know one of the reasons, those of you who know me around this church, why I am so passionate about prayer. So passionate. The part we don't like is that aspect of King. Having someone else have authority over our life and have control over our life. We don't like that. We're humans. And especially here in America, didn't we fight a war, you know, a while back to get rid of the authority of a king? So there's part of us when we read these scriptures and we hear those words like surrender to the authority of the king who is Jesus Christ. There's a part of us that kind of twitches. Be truthful. I know it did me. I know it does. not I talk to a lot of people. But we do also have this weird fascination and curiosity with royalty. You know, what's a very, very popular show? The Crown. What was enormously popular for years? Game of Thrones. What books do we like to read and hits number one bestseller? Prince Henry's book, Spare. We have a fascination with kings and kingdoms and how all that works. But from afar, going to keep it at a distance. Now this is what I want you to, know, to listen to most. We humans do not like to give up control to anyone. We want to maintain control of our life because all we've seen are earthly kings or earthly stories of kings. And trust me, even people who have had to surrender under the authority and kingship of others, whether they be a dictator or a king, did not like it. But there are places where people have lived through time or are living now where if they do not submit to that authority, there are ugly and dire consequences. So I don't think any human likes it or desires it but some live in it. So that's why when we hear this, and I know the first time I said surrender to the authority of the king, I mean, I actually could see a few of you do the twitch. Not big, just enough. But if you take nothing away from this sermon other than this, this is what I want you to remember. Jesus is not a self-serving human king. Jesus is not a self-serving human king who may be good or may be bad or 
be kind or evil, whatever. Human kings come in all different walks of life and personalities. But Jesus is not a human self-serving king. Jesus is a self-sacrificing divine king who gave himself for us. We don't have to be afraid of the authority of surrendering authority to the divine king who self-sacrificed for us. We don't have to be afraid of that. That king is not going to hurt us. A human king we don't know, but the self-sacrificing divine king of Jesus Christ is not going to harm us. So we can surrender full, fully to this king, to the reign of Christ. We can fully say, Jesus, you have control over my life. Because you are the self-sacrificing divine king. Now some of us like to keep even Jesus a little at bay with those thoughts of being a king and having authority and control over our lives because we don't like that. And what we have to remember is that sometimes we focus too much on Jesus being our friend, which he is. I love the hymn. What is it? What a friend we have in Jesus. And that's truth too. And we love to know that Jesus is our Savior and our friend. But if we stop there and we don't get to the point where we understand that Jesus, Son of God, second person of the Holy Trinity, the Messiah, the Anointed One, the Savior, Christ the King, if we don't get there, then we leave Jesus a friend. And here's the problem with that, is that when we do that, suddenly we are at the same level as Jesus. Because we've brought Jesus down to friendship level. This is all subconscious, people. Nobody is thinking this, I'm going to deny Jesus. None of us think that. It's just a subconscious reaction. But here's the problem. If, if Jesus is just our friend, we can listen to him or not. You can have a friend that comes in and says, Hey, will you help me move this weekend? I've only got a 5,000 square foot house. And you can go, No, I don't think so. Thank you. Or they can say, hey, come and let's go do this. Let's go to a movie. And they can say, okay. So when we are only dealing with Jesus on a friend level, then we can say yes or no. We can decide what to do. We maintain control over our life because we keep trying to put the kingship of Jesus in kind of the idea of a human king. And that's not the case. Now, over the years, I've taught Bible studies, and because of the basic revelation that I must surrender myself, my life, my faith to my king, uh, I ask people over the years, have you fully surrendered to God to serve him in any way he asks? Have you, have you fully surrendered to Jesus? And I get one of two responses. The first one is actually more common, and it's something along the lines of, I don't want God taking everything away from me I've worked so hard for and sending me off to Africa to be a missionary. I have gotten those kinds of responses. And that is our way of giving ourselves an out. We go right to the lightning round of God destroying us to go serve God somewhere. But see, that's not in keeping with who Jesus is. That's not in keeping with what Scripture says. I want to remind you of a Scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. This is what it says. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare and not for harm. To give you a future with hope. That king is not going to harm us. Now, yes, sometimes it calls for some sacrifice to serve God. And sometimes it's harder than other times. And sometimes it's easy. 
But when you are surrendered to God, then God leads. God provides. And basically what we just need to say is, I surrender to you and I say yes to whatever you ask. Now, so I was very surprised to be called into ministry. I did not see that coming. If you ask any pastor, they'll tell you that. I did not see that coming. And so I had to go home from that retreat on Sunday and tell my husband. Now, my husband was a good and godly man, and I wasn't afraid to tell him that. I was afraid of the consequences that might come with that that would disrupt his life. Because since I'm second career, and we had been together 20 years, he, he had built quite a good career for himself in the Houston area. He was in industrial sales. He worked very hard. He had his territory. And so I was worried because being a Methodist forever, coming from generations of Methodists, I knew they could move me anywhere, and it would impact him. So I went home, and I walked in the door, and my husband, who knew me better than myself, took one look at me and went, what's wrong? I have no poker face. And he, he goes, are you okay? Did, I thought, did you not have fun at the retreat? And I just kind of stood there in silence, and he came over, and he took my hands, and he said, tell me what happened. And I knew for him it meant, tell me what happened, baby. I'm going to fix it. So I, just, I looked at him, and I said, God just called me to be a minister, and it's going to change everything in our lives, and they might have to move us someplace, and I'm going to have to go to seminary, and we have two kids in college, and I don't know what it's going to mean for us. It's going to change everything. And, and he had my hands, and he looked at me, and he went, if that's what God calls us to do, that's what we do. For my husband, Christ was his king. I don't think he would have known that until that moment. So we went down this road, and yes, there were some sacrifices, and there were some things were difficult, some were easy. But here's the thing. The places they moved me and the churches I served were in his territory, and we did not go in saying he can't move. We left it up to God. And so he was not harmed in his career. And even when they moved me outside of the Houston area, it was still close enough he could maintain his career. And so we were not harmed. He was not harmed. Because God has plans for us to give us a future with hope. Now, as an aside, because I was asked about this earlier, so I have to, some of you know I, we used to own a travel agency when he was alive, and that's because that's what he did after he retired from the first career. But we, we were not harmed. We were not harmed. But he trusted that God would provide. He trusted that it was okay for God to have authority over our lives, our marriage, our family, our careers, whatever. My husband trusted. And it was helpful to me because since I had come in more from an into this hearing the voice ask me, tell me to be a minister, that I was struggling against giving Jesus the authority over my life. So his, his consistency in that, his sureness that, that God would not harm us helped me. And we, we made it through. And here I am. 
It is okay to give authority and control to the self-sacrificing divine king who lived and died on a cross for your salvation and reconciliation that God will not hurt you. Jesus is not a self-serving human king that may or may not harm you. So when you people say Christ is my king or you should give your life to Jesus in such a way that he has complete control and authority of it as your king, then the twitch will start to go away as you know Jesus more. Now, when I ask people if they fully surrendered to God, the second uh, response that happens is people will go, well, I want to, but I don't even know what to do. How do I know? Well, the answer, prayer. Prayer. That's why we are called to pray unceasingly. That's why in prayer we are connected to God in a unique and powerful way where we will be better able to hear God's voice, to be transformed by his love, to be assured of his mercy and forgiveness, his grace, to, be, uh, to have our fear and hesitation removed, to know that this isn't a human God, this is the self-sacrificing divine God. And I say that over and over and over and over in this message because I want you to have that written on your soul so that when you go into prayer, you'll be open to hear what God wants to say to you. And we study scriptures like the lectionary so we get the fuller understanding of God and who God is and the, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have to study Scripture. And we come together in worship to praise God and thank God. And we come together as a community of faith to nurture and support each other and to help each other grow. Perfect example, little Hallie. We all just promised we would help this baby grow in her faith so that one day Christ will be her king too where she accepts it for herself. Not to imply she, he's not her king now. Don't get me wrong. Don't mishear me. But we all accept our faith. It is important that Christ become your king. The self-sacrificing divine king who died on a cross for your salvation and reconciliation. Let us pray. We pray to you, Lord, today for greater faith. Fill us with your Holy Spirit to increase our trust in you so that we will fully live our lives for you, to love you first and others as ourselves. Help us not to resist surrendering ourselves to you. Help us to surrender. Remind us daily that your word declares that you do have plans for us and will not harm us, but give us hope and a future. Write upon our very souls that you treat us gently with love, grace, mercy, and forgive us, forgiveness. Transform us to joyfully accept your authority over our lives as Christ our King without fear or hesitation. And may your will be done in us and through us in such a way that you will receive all glory, honor, and praise. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.